where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. Every once in a while, you do run across one of those miraculous stories of forgiveness, like the one that we heard uh, from the book of Genesis this morning from Joseph, who forgives not only his brothers for selling him into slavery, but the Pharaoh for locking him into jail unjustly. And then when his brothers come back, he helps save them during this famine time. And I read another story recently about uh, some parents who forgave the person who murdered their child. And in the story, it was instantaneous. It was a flash of meeting this person and looking them in the face and seeing their humanity. And they describe uh, forgiveness like an epiphany. You know, it just came on them. And I always find those kinds of stories to be so inspirational and aspirational, um, but also not exactly how I have experienced forgiveness in my own life. Sometimes it seems like forgiveness It doesn't move so easily from point A to point B. It's a lot more struggling to get there. And I I tell this story sometimes about um, the first time I ever really wrestled with forgiveness as a grown-up, which I wrestled with forgiveness as a kid, too, but there was such a different sense of injustice um, because I was grown up now and I should be treated right. And I wasn't. And I was struggling with that. And I was going back and forth the way you do between um, wanting revenge on this person and knowing that there is a different path uh, that we are called to as Christians. And so I went to church. And that morning, the pastor preached on loving our enemies. And I remember sitting there in the pew and the pastor said, I'm going to leave you some space now for you to pray for your enemies. And I tried so hard. And I was sitting there, and it was like the words, I knew this is what I wanted to do, and the words would still not come. There was just no part of me that could really make the transition from wanting to forgive to being able to send blessings on this person. Sometimes that's more what forgiveness is like. And I remember even in that moment going through all the Bible verses. You know, I knew why I should be forgiving this person. Right? I knew this story, and I knew the story of Jesus forgiving his executioners from the cross. And I even knew the story of Peter when Peter comes to Jesus and Peter says, How often do I have to forgive? Is it seven times seven times? And Jesus says, no, it's 70 times 7 times. And we think that that's a number that symbolizes boundlessness. That we're called to forgive over and over an endless amount of times. And so where sometimes we might want to be like Peter and put kind of some fences around our forgiveness. (laughs) I'm going to forgive you this many times. 
And if you keep messing up, I'm done. It's not the way that Jesus taught us to go about forgiveness. I have a friend who is a personal trainer. And one of the things that she has told me that she says to people is that when you're out there and you're exercising or you're doing your weightlifting and it gets really hard, that's the time when you have to keep going because that's when the muscles are actually getting built. And I think that's true of our forgiveness muscle also, that it's when it's really hard, it's when we have to keep going. But I also think that it's true that sometimes what gets in our way isn't that we don't know that we're supposed to forgive. It's that we don't know how to get there. We don't have this secret formula that the storytellers gave us this morning. And so it's like we know there's something we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go run every morning. We don't know how to get out the door and get our shoes on and get on that trail. So this morning what I actually want to spend some time with is um, a process for forgiveness that comes from the Book of Forgiving. It's by the Reverend Desmond Tutu and his daughter, the Reverend Mafo Tutu. And in it, they describe the fourfold path to forgiveness. And you'll see I've given it to you in your bulletin, and I've given it to you in those four kind of linear steps on that back page. But I've also given it to you around the labyrinth. And so as we're playing with it, this morning and thinking about these ideas, I'm using that language of play very intentionally because we know that forgiveness is a serious practice and we also know that with all spiritual practices, sometimes rigidity and perfection get in our way. And it's helpful to keep in mind that forgiveness is a practice like anything else, like prayer or the labyrinth. And it's also helpful to keep in mind that it may weave through these steps, the way that the labyrinth weaves through, and that that's part of the process. So even though we're going to go to it, one, two, three, four, if it doesn't feel that way when you try it, that's also how it is for you in that moment, and that's part of your practice. So the first step, as you'll see on there, is just telling the story. It's telling what happened. How were you hurt? Who did something to you? And the trickier part here isn't necessarily telling the story. It's finding the right person to tell the story to. And sometimes the advice is that we should tell the story to the person that hurt us. And that may not always be the best uh, thing that's needed for you in that process or for them. The person that you want to tell the story to is somebody who can sit with you in that story. And so it may be that the person who's on the other side of the hurting isn't at the same place with the story. You might find a friend who listens well. You might find a pastor, a therapist, a journal, a collage. It's important to just tell the story in a way that it can be heard. And it may be important to tell the story a few times. Because when you move to the next step, which you'll see on there is naming the hurt, you will need to have an understanding of what the story was in order to be able to identify why it bothered you so much. That's the part where we're going to use all those feeling words that we know. It made me angry. 
It made me feel betrayed. It made me ashamed. It made me feel like I couldn't trust them. Maybe something else. But we know that when we are working with kids, there's this saying when you're helping them learn to regulate their emotions so they're not just all over the place, that one of the strategies is to say it to them. Oh, you're feeling angry. Or, oh, you're upset because of this. And the reason that we do that is because it it affects the brain. And the saying is, name it to tame it. When you can put a name to something, a label to it, you shift the way you're understanding it and experiencing it. And that doesn't stop working when you grow up. So putting the words to the story about what really happened are an important part of the forgiveness process. And then you come to the third step, which is forgive. And I like the definition that the reverends tutus give about forgiveness because I also think that part of the struggle with forgiving is we don't know what we're aiming for. And what they say is forgiveness is letting go of that sense of retribution. It's letting go of the desire for revenge for that person, letting go of that hope that they will be hurt by you or by someone else. And just as with the other steps, you may need to remind yourself of this. I've forgiven them. I'm no longer wishing this hurt on them. I'm letting go of it. And as you've done that, and you move into the final step, which is to make a decision. Make a decision about whether you're renewing this relationship or are you letting it go. And I think there's great wisdom in the fact that this step comes last. You've already forgiven the person. You're not making a decision about how you're going to treat them in the future based on your desire to see them hurt anymore. You've let that go. Your question then is, are you going to continue to be in a relationship with them? And if so, what's it going to look like? Sometimes, depending on the hurt, and keeping in mind that we offer forgiveness for everything from daily interactions that somehow turn hurtful to great big tragedies, Sometimes it's better to let the relationship go. It may be that that relationship doesn't serve uh, either one of you well anymore. But reconciliation, if you can get there, is a wonderful thing to aim for. And it will not look the same. Your relationship, if you choose to stay in it, isn't about going backwards to before the hurt happened. It's about saying, this is who we are now. This is what has happened between us, and this is how we're going to move forward. And it's hard for me to think of an example of how that's been done well with um, adult relationships. But I can think of an example right now of how that might look, and maybe it's easier to understand in a simple um, 
a more simple hurt. So a child came over um, to our house the other day and uh, drew on the wall with permanent marker. I know. And I told that story to my husband, and I was able to let that go, and I felt a little irritated (laughs) and maybe a little disrespected. But putting it out there changed it for me, and we moved past that. And so when we come then to the question about what the relationship looks like, what it looks like moving forward is I'm not going to be reminding the child every time they came over of the time they drew on the wall. I've let that go. But I'm going to be checking for if there are permanent markers lying around the house. So it's a funny example, and it's a simple example. But it's also true in that it describes the way the relationship shifts a little. That you're not expecting to forgive and forget. You're also not expecting to forgive and hang on in a way that's, that's tight and doesn't leave any room for the two of you to develop. You're forgiving and you're moving forward together, knowing who you both are at this stage of your life. I like this quote from the author uh, Cheryl Strayed. And she says about forgiveness that forgiveness means you've found a way forward that acknowledges the harm done and the hurt caused without letting either your anger or your pain rule your life or define your relationship with the person who did you wrong. I think what she describes is the ultimate benefit and joy of forgiveness, that we're moving forward in a new way. And I was reminded of this a couple years ago. A psychologist spoke at an event that was hosted by the Interfaith Network on Mental Illness. And the psychologist was talking about forgiveness. And he said that forgiveness in the spiritual traditions has been the great gift of religions to the field of psychology that psychology learned from religious tradition the power of letting go and moving forward in a new way. There is the continuation of that passage, the one that I talked about where Peter comes to Jesus and asks how often Peter has to, con- has to forgive. And as the passage goes on, Jesus goes into this teaching where Jesus says that As you forgive, God will forgive you. And then it continues in a note that's a little harder to hear. And Jesus says, when you don't forgive, God will not forgive you. And that's hard for those of us with an expansive theology. And we want to rest in God's love. And we understand that uh, maybe God forgives even when we don't. And the teaching there is tricky, and it's for a longer conversation, but I think that what it at least says to us is that our spiritual path becomes blocked when we can't offer forgiveness. That the act of hanging on to the sense of revenge and retribution 
works on us in a way that we may not even realize. So I offer this last bit of wisdom from the book, the book of forgiving. And they have this beautiful prayer in there. And it's the prayer before forgiving. That when you are at that stage where you want to forgive and you know that's the right thing to do, but maybe you're choking just a little on the words, that this is a spiritual process and God is with you in that too. And so it may be that in that moment, you start there with a prayer for God to join you and simply open your heart to the possibility of forgiveness. Community of Christ, may God's grace be upon you. And may you be empowered to go forth to be the church. And as you do, serve courageously, hope defiantly, love outrageously, and forgive often. Go now in the peace that forgiveness offers. Amen.